know, as I sat there, the passage, James 4, 8, comes to mind. Um, it tells us to draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Um, I love the passage because it's, there's a little bit of a, not really a clause, but the scripture is set up where uh, the, the moment you draw near, God says, I will draw near. So he almost puts the onus on us. And so the moment we decide that we want to go near and we want to know him, he says, I'm already there. I want to know you too, and I want to, and I want to be near to you. And so the, the depth of intimacy that you and I can have with the Lord is actually depending on you and I and how much we draw near. And I find that very interesting. I find that incredible that God would, would allow you, allow me that, that decision. As, as close as you want to get with me, is, it depends on how much you want, how much you want that. Because I don't want to hold anything back from you. Like, I want to show you and reveal who I am to you. And I think that is amazing. So I, um, I wanted to say thank you guys again for, for having me. Um, just going to be a, well, honest here. It's, it's, it's always a little interesting preaching twice um, on a Sunday morning. Um, usually it's one time and I'm off the stage. Um, and so to preach twice, it's always, a, it's like, I'm like do, do you say what you said before? Do you turn, you know, switch it up a little bit? What you said first, you say it second this time. And yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, I'm just going to preach the message the Lord gave me. Um, but I want to just take the opportunity, you know, and I did this in the first session, um, first service. So I want to just do that again. Um, just to say thank you guys so much for um, your love and your support. Um, you know, my wife Shanda um, and our kids, um, that's Ade, our, our first girl, um, well, first and only girl. Um, uh, she's 12, our son Daxon, which is um, 10. You know, he is the first boy, but second. And then we got Eli and Lucas. You know, they would have loved to be here. Um, they're currently, obviously, at our service. Yeah. And, um, and so they send their love and greetings um, to you guys. Generations Church says, I from Jamaica. And um, yeah, I, well, I said it to Pastor Dave really in the service that, you know, we should bring a couple guys up sometime. And uh, so, yeah, you don't hear from just Pastor Dave, but you get to connect a little bit with that community, with our community back home. Um, so Shanda and I um, lead Generations Church um, going on to 16 years now in April. And um, it has been an incredible, incredible journey. Um, I still remember the, our first service. Um, I, I remember how nervous I was. Um, you know, I remember the word, the message that God, I, I, I preached that Sunday and hoping that people would hear it. And uh, would, uh, yeah, okay, this sounds like somebody I could, uh, mm -hmm, I could follow this guy. Um, my wife and I had, interestingly, because I had, I, had I had a fear of that people would not come to the church. And she had a fear that they would come, but they wouldn't, we wouldn't have anything for them. So this was perfect. Um, we were sandwiched between those two. And, um, and then the Lord just kind of blew us out of the water. Because, um, yeah, people came. And he, 
he did his thing. And that's the amazing thing about, about God and his church and what he calls us to do. We often think it's on us. But he called you to do something because he is going to be the one that does it. And we are supposed to be vessels and open. Um, but the church is doing well. Um, coming out of COVID, you know, God has, by his grace, made it through a very, that very difficult season. And now we're seeing people return to the church um, out of, you know, it's kind of rolling over in your bed and press a button sort of thing. People are coming back to the doors, coming into the family, be, being a community again. But also amazing is that these new families are coming. Um, people who have not been kind of recycled from church, but they, they, are, they are looking for something fresh, something new, something, something that's life-giving. And so we have these young families coming which is so amazing um, to see that and to have that. And I believe something significant is happening in our church. And so we're excited about this season, about what God is doing, and um, looking forward to seeing these guys accept Christ and come to that place of knowing his saving grace. And so I want you guys to know, and if you do not know, it's you know, a big part of our story and journey is because of you. It is, it is the relationship that we have with Daniel and his family. It's the relationship that we have with those who have come down on mission trips and, um, and those mission trips themselves. Your consistent love and, and prayers and support and blessing over the years um, has, has helped to serve to be a part of what God is doing and how lives are being changed. Um, you know, seeing young men and young women raised up to be leaders and serving in the church um, having the last, I don't know, it was all three young, um, young adults in terms of couples, you know, committing themselves to marriage and, 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 you know, that decision to do it right, you know, not just common law thing that happens so much in our country, but to commit themselves to, to, to each other. You know, we said um, hello to our newest edition a couple of days ago, uh, Baby Aryan. Um, and so it's amazing to see um, new life and, and fresh things happen, especially coming out of you know, the last two plus years. And so we want to thank you guys so much for partnering with us, um, for supporting us, praying for us. Um, and, you know, today is about five years, the last time I was here. So, you know, it is good to, to, good to be back and it's good to connect with you. Um, my wife and I, we also manage Moreland's Camps. And so this is a campgrounds. Its ministry is over 85 years old. Um, we, they host and lead several um, camps within the summer. And that is about maybe about 600 kids that come through those camps. There's about 150 to 200 um, volunteers that serve. And so the ministry is about sowing the seed of the gospel. Um, and so we, we talk about Christ and his love and his message and um, just having these kids um, being able to, yeah, get out of their community for a while, their surrounding for a while, and a week of just pouring the love of God and serving them and having fun with them. And so um, some of those guys are, are sponsored kids. And um, um, big part of your support goes to, to paying for them so they can come to camp and experience this, um, you know, this, this week just uh, in the presence of God. And so I want to thank you because that is so important. I stand here today as um, one that was sponsored when I was a teen. I was sponsored by, by some family, by somebody. I still do not know who that is. Um, but because of their sponsoring, I was able to go. And could it, isn't it amazing? That's the weekend that I would meet the Lord and I, he would transform my life. 
And so that young kid from the ghetto of Jamaica would go to a place where, it's, where God wants to meet me. He meets me and changed my life. And every moment since, to this very one I'm standing before you, is because of the Lord. And so we cannot underestimate what we can do or what we give or what, what is happening, even though it's the, you know, the other side of the world kind of thing. But something supernatural is happening and can happen. Um, and so lives are changed. And so I want to thank you guys because you guys support Morelands and, um, and I've been such a big part of praying for us and stuff. And I told Daniel that it's, it's time that um, a couple of you guys come down um, and come see what is happening. So I'm, I've, I'm, I've held him. I'm, he has no choice now. <laughs> um, so he got to come now. You know, it's been said. It's agreed. Um, <laughs> You know, there was a, an invisible contract that he signed, but he didn't know he signed it, um, <laughs> that it, it is happening. Anyways, um, I want to start this message, actually, by sharing my story, because I think some of you guys would know me, some of you will not. Five years, I'm not even sure um, who was here five years ago. And uh, so, yeah, you're going to hear my story whether you hear it or not. Um, before or not. So, but what I want to do, actually, I want to just pray. Um, Lord, I just thank you for, for your word. I thank you for ministering and speaking to our hearts today. I want to thank you that by the work of the Holy Spirit, you are preparing us to hear. So give us ears to hear and hearts to respond. Father God, I thank you for Covenant Church. I thank you for what you've established here and the incredible things you're doing in them and through them. Lord, I pray, Lord God, for Pastor David and the leadership team of this church. Lord God, the family and community of the body. And Lord God, how they are working to see your mission accomplished. And so we honor you. And Lord God, I pray for their, 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 their leaders in government. Father, I pray, Lord, for the salvation of their leaders. I pray that they would know you, that, Lord God, you would minister and meet them, Lord God, um, in their quiet moments, in their time of reflection, their time of maybe not knowing what to do or a decision to be made. Lord God, I pray that, Father, you are strategically um, planting or placing um, Christian men and women in those areas, Lord God, that will influence and speak into the lives of, of our leaders, our decision makers. And so, Father God, they too would um, be introduced. They would see and experience the love and life of Jesus. Lord God, I thank you, mighty God, for who you are. Lord, your scripture talks to us that, Father, this role of leadership, that it will not be a burden, but a joy. And so we pray that for them as well, that it will not be a burden and stressful, but a joy. Cover their families. We pray for healthy marriages and healthy leaders in those areas and positions. Father God, we ask you, Lord God, to meet them where they are. And so, Lord God, we have leaders that, that, that possess a, a, a genuine, authentic fear of God, Lord God, in honoring you and every decision that is made, Lord God, is brought before you to seek your wisdom on it. And so we glorify your name this morning and we exhort you in your sons and we pray. And the church says, Amen. 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 So, um, so I grew up. I grew up in Jamaica, Kingston, 
um, in a community called Southside, uh, Raytown. Um, very difficult and challenging community. Um, most, like myself, there was no dad. Um, most of the single moms, fathers were not present. Um, um, if you got to meet them, that was later in life, and that was maybe sometimes just a one-off thing. But it was difficult, and most of those moms did not have jobs. And so it was a day-to-day -day struggle, day-to-day -day challenge, um, um, you know, hustling, trying to figure out what are we eating today. And so it was kind of one of those day-to-day -day situations. And so very, very um, rough upbringing. Um, you know, a lot of my friends didn't see 25. Um, some very young, um, you know, even as I speak to you now, currently my community is, is, basically, is basically locked down right now. Um, there are soldiers there because of all the violence that are happening couple right now. So they have basically put, um, you know, the, 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 that stone that you have in the, that divider you have on your highway, they've literally dropped those at, at all the entrances except one. So you can only drive in one way and drive out one way because of the stuff that are happening. So it's a rough neighborhood and so um, lots of stuff happening, but that's where I grew up. And it's amazing in all of that, there's still all these fond memories you have, I have of my community. But one of those things were swimming. We loved swimming and so we'd go down by the arbor and swim. Um, not the cleanest of water, not the white beach, white sand. Um, we were, you know, all these buildings around, you see these massive um, ships with these containers passing and you know some hole opens at the bottom of the ship and some brown water come out and we all just kind of let's go you know that's that's the end of swimming um, and so <laughs> we don't know what that was so <clears throat> anyways and so we would leave but it's actually one of these uh, one of these times I was swimming down there it was an evening we met this lady Mrs. Morgan and her daughter Kathy they would be, they were Christian ladies, um, her, and her and her husband pastor at church, and they, would, they had a kind of some conference, and so they came down, and so they took a walk and just kind of saw all these guys swimming, and they came over and talked to us and took pictures and stuff, and they were friendly. Um, and so what started to happen on that, that, that evening was incredible because they would start to come down, come down to our community on, on Sundays and meet with our parents, chat with us, connect with, with people in the community. And then they would start to take us to church. And so on a Sunday, they would come down, pick up a bunch of us, carry us to the church. Um, interestingly enough, the, the name of their church is Covenant Community. And so um, you might have a sister church in Jamaica that you have no clue about. Um, but it's, that's, that's the name. And so I'm like, and so we went there and, you know, they would take us to this property that they had and we would have food and fellowship and play soccer and just enjoy ourselves. Um, I remember them bringing us to their home. Um, you know, it's, it's 17 to 19 young men, rough upbringing. And these guys, which would be classified as upper class Jamaican, open up their homes and let us in. Now, and I said this in the first service, I do not know if they, they took up all their valuables and, and put it somewhere before we came. It didn't look like that. But, but it would have taken some level of trust and vulnerability to allow us to come in and just be, um, you know, it was the first that any of my friends, myself included, seeing, seeing a husband, a wife, um, and kids living and doing life. He wasn't yelling, she wasn't 
crying or all these chaos. It was just this picture of something we would have never seen. Um, you know, again, I know things are not perfect, and, um, but this might even be more natural for you to see that and understand that. But we were like, that was just something we did not know. I said to you, we had, there was no father around. So these moments, these things started to change, change us and change our life. Now, you know, the same family would be the ones who would, a little time after that, they would invite me to come to Moreland's, that same camp I told you about. They would invite me and give me an opportunity to go to Moreland's. And, and at that, that weekend, that my life would be changed. At that weekend, I would meet God and something would happen that has literally transformed the trajectory of my life. Um, and so the reason I'm standing here today is a big, big part of those people being open um, to love me and share with me and invite me and my friends into their space. And, and so I want to I wanna go from there with asking the question, what is, what is, why is it important, the, the mission to go? Why is it vital and imperative that you and I answer the question, yes. Yes to going, yes to, to sharing the gospel, yes to opening up our lives and our home, yes to saying, Father, I will go. I may not fully understand it all, but I am going to go. I'm going to be, you know, your vessel. I'm going to step out of this, my, my comfort zone, my, my space a little bit, and I'm going, to, I'm going to love on somebody. I'm going to share the gospel, you know, and I think it's important that we understand because missions is important. And when I say mission, I speak of both missions while you're in your, in your community and going, all right? That call to answer, you know, um, that I want to do this. And so one of the biggest things is the fact that God loves his people. Um, God loves his people, all right? Um, and he desires for them to, to come to know him. We know John 3:16. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave what would be the most precious thing to him so you and I could know him as Lord and Savior. And so, you know, when God spoke to, when God spoke to the fish, he um, spoke, when he wanted fish, God spoke to the water. He said, let there be fish, you know, let there be fish come forth. When he wants, when he wants to, wanted trees, he spoke to the land and he said, you know, let all these trees of all these different kinds come. But when God wanted to create you and I, God spoke to himself. And so the natural environment for the fish is the water, is the sea. The natural environment for the fish, um, for the, the tree, is the land, is, the, is that environment. The natural environment for men and women, people, it's the presence of God. That is our natural environment. That is where we are supposed to be. When God made man and made us, it was never to, you know, for us to be broken and separated from him. It was that we would find our place and our position in who he is. You and I were to live in relationship with God and enjoy the intimacy that he desires and wants to give us. And so that was the natural place. And so, see, God would, God would cause a, a, this woman and this daughter um, this actually, you know, to, to come to a community, to come to a place and reach out to a young boy from a ghetto. He would, he would mobilize a church that would open their doors, open their hearts, open their space. And so we could come in raw and messy and, and all our imperfections. And they would love us and they would spend time with us. And God would open up an opportunity for me to go to a camp 
that I could not afford, I had no clue about, and he would take me out of what would be loud and noisy and messy and bring me to somewhere quiet where he could speak to me, where he could get my attention, where he could pass all my mess and issues and speak to my, my, very, my very basic need, which is him. Deep down that need. See, there is nothing God would not do for the one. There is no distance he would not go. He would move mountains, he would shift things, shake things, just so he could have the time that he could with you. You know, I can think of people who, who at, at some point, you kind of write them off because they're so messy. They, you know, there's so many things happening in their life. Their, their family is broken. And we can almost write them off thinking they are too far gone. But they're not too far gone because God can still reach them. And he would switch, change, transform whatever he needs to. So he could meet that one. He could speak to that one. Because we are that important to him. You and I are chosen. You and I are called to go. Isaiah 9 tells us, it's, it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in deep darkness, a light has dawned. We are the ones that are called to point people to that light, to tell them about the light of God, to point them to the one that says, Listen to me, I can deal with it. I can save you. I can change you. And so we have to be those who are willing to speak and to share. God says we are. We are the ones that emulate that light. And so the call for salvation, the call for, to go should be the, 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 the desire of every single one of us who follow Christ. I'm not sure if it's the same here, but in Jamaica... The mindset sometimes can be where those things are left to the, uh, it's left to the elite. Those kind of things are left to the pastors, you know, um, left to the deacons and the elders. And it's all these people up here. We are good here. And the mindset can be almost anything ministry. But God never said, I only call pastors and I, I only call, you know, the, the worship guys and all these people and no, he said, I call, I call all of you. I want all of you to go. And so the, the, the heart of missions and reaching out is everybody's business. It's all of us. And so that need to go and that need to make sure that, listen, I am, I am I'm doing my part. And what I love about this is that it's not, the, it's not the fact that I have to go and do everything, but I just have to be faithful with where I am at. I just have to be faithful for what he has given me, what he has placed in my hands. Some of this guy, the couple that I just heard, that's in Thailand, being, being faithful with where they are. Because the truth is, when you and I are faithful with a little, with what he has placed in your hand, he's able to multiply your efforts. God's mathematics don't work like our, our mathematics work. You know? Two plus two is four, but he does five, two fish, and you feed 10,000 people. Like, I don't get that. Mathematics don't work the same. But the way he's able to move and work is incredible. Why do we go? 
Because God's heart breaks for the brokenness of our world. God's heart breaks for those that are lost and, and dying and in pain. And because he desires that everyone would come to know the truth. Everyone will come to understand the truth. And what is that truth? Is that humanity, in the beginning, we wanted to decide, we wanted to define what good and evil was for ourselves. And in doing so, we, we, we sinned and we disobeyed God. And in doing so, we sinned and we were separated from Christ. We wanted to be like him. And the truth is there is only one him. And so in doing that, we stepped away and we did what we wanted and we have been trying to make ourselves right. We've been trying to work hard and trying to figure it out and somehow come up with concepts and come up with things that could somehow, you know, I could work this out and we have failed every time. And so the only way for us to make it right, the only way for us to come back is through Jesus Christ, by grace, through faith in his finished work. And oftentimes it's not, it's not the, the most you know, popular saying. It's not the, the, the thing that everybody accepts because why is it only one way? There is multiple, but I'm sorry. Scripture tells us it's only through Christ. It's only through his finished work. It's not my efforts, it's not my, my do-goodism, it's not how well I, I, I serve this person, I do this thing. No, it's literally because of his work on the cross. That's it. The only way to the Father is to him. That is the truth. And the reality is, as mo the, more, the, the, the sooner we, we, as a person, we get that revelation. Because what I love that happens is that I get to see, you know, we get to this place where we have this revelation of who God is. And in seeing that revelation, we get a revelation of who we are. And the response is, Lord, I need you. I need you. Do you remember the moment that revelation came? Do you remember your revelation? That moment when that revelation came and you suddenly got a glimpse of who he is. All the things that people told you and shared with you, you realize, wow, he is real. Man, how could he love me that much? Because in that revelation, you also realize how, how undeserving you were of that love, of his grace and his mercy. And it just broke my heart. And the response is, wow, okay, I, I want to know you and I want to be a part of what you're doing and I want to be involved with you and I want to give my life. And, and that is what we're, that is what we want. You know a friend, you know a family member, co-worker, teacher, that do not know the Lord. And it's amazing that when you get to that place, God starts to open your eyes to the brokenness around you. He starts to open your eyes to the pain that's around you. There's a reason why he does that. It's because you and I are supposed to partner in the healing of the world. You and I are supposed to come alongside him and to help in seeing those healings and those pains being dealt with and God to bring, bring that healing you know, we are in a place right now, church, and, I, and I'm going to just kind of speak honestly to you here. Um, we're in a space right now where what happened over the last two and a half years of shaking our world to its core. Um, whatever systems we had, we realized it didn't work. It has not worked. 
the leaders that we had, with all the wisdom and technology and resources that they had at their fingertips, we were scrambling. And it didn't matter which nation, but everyone was scrambling. In Jamaica, they were scrambling. They were trying to figure out how to do this, how to, how to fix it, how to help, and it was just not working. And so I feel like, I believe we're at this place where the world has been exposed to the fact that, listen to me, you're not in control. You're, you, you don't have it all together. Whatever you set up is not enough because this just happened and we're all kind of like wonder what is going to happen. But what that has done, it has opened up people's mind and heart to realize that there's something more. If this is not it, there's something more. There's somebody else. There's something greater that we must put our faith in, that we must hold to, because what I held to before was it's not enough. It didn't work. It didn't help. We were all scrambling. And so I feel like the church has been positioned in a time where the gospel is, 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 is just poised to be shared with people who are open, even much more now. To hear the gospel and the good news. To hear of, of, of this God that, that would come to earth. That would lay down his life. That would pay the price for our sins. That would pay the price. And so we could experience wholeness. We can experience life. We can experience his hope. The world is at a place where we as the church, we have to go. We have to say yes to the going. We have to say yes to go meeting my neighbor and, and showing him love and, and showing him grace and, and inviting him in. And, and so he knows community and he knows family and he knows people who genuinely care. It's, it's, it, I mean, like it's the, it's the base need of, the human, of, of, the, of, of, of humanity is that we need community. We need family. And see, whether a person is a Christian or not, because God made us for community, we always know, we sense it when something is off. Something is missing. The only difference is they do not know what it is yet. But God starts to open your eyes as the more you start to meet him and know him and you're in community and you're in family and you start to experience wholeness and healing, something starts to happen for you. What is happening in, your, in our world today is incredible, but it's also open opportunity for us as the people to share the word. I am incredibly amazed at the, the level of, of student body you guys have at your, in, in, of your university. 50,000 people. 50,000. And these are all, I asked Daniel, and these are all like 18 to like 26 I'm like, that's your, that's your ne next leaders. Those are your next world leaders that are going to make decisions to transform not just your country, but others. And God brought all of them, those 50,000, and says, here you go. I want you to share the gospel. I want you to love them and, and serve them and introduce them to me. Because from this one spot, you guys are sending out missionaries and leaders and believers that are going to impact our nation. It is not a small thing. It is not something light. This is incredible. See, oftentimes, again, we are told to go, but God says, I'm going to flip the script for you guys, and I'm just going to send them. <laughs> Take 50,000 of them. Here you go. And these guys are going to, I don't know, how many countries they're going to 
Our lives are incredibly changed. Like, I'm reminded of that story when God called Philip to go and stand beside the chariot of the Ethiopian eunuch. This guy that is talking about, you know, reading scripture, have no clue what it is. And God says, hey, stand over there. You know, hey, do you know what you're reading? No, I need somebody to explain. Hey, give me a space. I'll jump off. He jumps in the chariot and he's like, yeah, let me talk to you about the Lord. In an incredible exchange, there's water. What is stopping me? It is actually said, and the belief is that guy could possibly be the one who introduced Christianity to that side of the world. It's amazing to consider those things. And God says, I'm sending 50,000 of them to you. And so the call to go, the call to open up your homes, you know, that, that, that couple, because they said yes, because they, they said yes, you know, I, I, they're, they're not from my world, okay? I'm from, I'm from the ghetto of Jamaica, very difficult place. Where they are from is from the upper, town, upper class of Jamaica. Different, it's a different class um, system there. But for them to choose to step out of what they know into my world, to step into a place that they do not understand, but they were willing to do so because the chance for me to hear the gospel or my 17 other friends to hear the gospel was worth it. It was worth it to them to maybe be a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe mm, we might lose something. 17 of them in the house, we can't watch them all. Uh, we might lose something. But the fact that they could hear the gospel, they could see something different. They could see a family unit. You know, they could hear about the love of God was worth it to them. Shanda and I today manage Morland's camp. It's the same camp that I went to as a teenager and got saved at. Did the Morgans know that? Not a clue. But they would invest in a little boy's life. You know, about 20 years later, that same boy is now managing the same camp that he met the Lord at. Church, you cannot underestimate what God would do in the life of an individual. You and I have no clue what that will look like, but you cannot underestimate the moment you have with him, the moment you have with her, and how you speak, what you say, how you love them, serve them, what that's going to do in their life, what you have just started, and what that life will become. And so the call to go, the call to be on mission, is very close to my heart because I am a product of that. Somebody said yes. Opened up a space for me. And so it is, it is, it is, it is, it, I, I, I couldn't dream up my life. I said it to you, the, the, the statistics for my community are for the time we do not get to 25, maybe 30. And that's not even just those who are in, in the gang wars. That's sometimes just bystanders. By, by and so I am, I am in, I am in, amazed of how far God would go for one. And so I want to close off with just, with that invitation. You know, God says in his word that we are, if anyone would call on the name of the Lord, would be saved. 
It's not always good to hear, but the truth is we were, the Bible tells us in Ephesians, that we were lost without hope and without God in the world. But then God would send his son Jesus and he would, he would pay the price for our sins. He would go and, and die the death you and I were supposed to die. And then he would offer to you and I a life that, that we were not supposed to have. So he died your death so you could have the life that you and I was not supposed to. He paid the price. And so this morning, what I'd love to do, I'd love to just, that invitation to those who do not know the Lord. I don't know, maybe it's your first time here at church. Or maybe you've even heard something similar, a message or something like that. But if the Lord is speaking to you, you know, my prayer as I, as I prepare to speak this morning is that God would, God would cause your heart to respond. Not because you've heard something before, but because this moment you would respond to him. And so if you do not know the Lord this morning and you do sense him speaking to you, I encourage you to respond to him. Pastor Dave, Dave was supposed to tell me how I do this and he didn't in the middle of the service, so I'm again lost as to how you guys do this. So... So whether it's, it's something you, you do by yourself or, or you come and talk to Pastor David, um, um, I would love to stand or pray with you and talk to you about that. But, but I want to I wanna, I wanna, I wanna encourage you that you would respond and receive the love of God. Could I have you guys stand for me? I just want to pray as we close. <laughs> For those who um, do have a relationship with God and, and you're following the Lord, um, you know, this week is your, is your missions week and, you know, that, that call to go into all the world, share the gospel, love and serve, you know, again, an incredible, incredible, incredible call and challenge. And so what I'd love for you to do, just kind of lift, raise your hands out like that for me, you know, that pos position of, of, of receiving. Um, and Lord, I pray, I pray for every believer in your house today. Um, you know, I know, again, covenant is the passion of this church is to go and to share the love of Christ. And whether it's here or far, far away. Um, but Lord God, I pray, Father God, that you continue to stir their hearts. Um, you continue to burn in them, Lord God, a passion for the loss. That, Lord, they too see the brokenness. They too see the mess and the hurt and, the, and people that are lost who need direction. They need identity. They need love. They need, they need the life that flows from Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank you that even now as they're quiet before you, mighty God, that, Lord, you're speaking to them this morning individually as a church, Lord God, and you are... Um, you are addressing, Lord God, them today as to their going. And what does it look like for them today? What does it look like for them going into this week and the rest of this month and this rest of this year? Father God, I thank you that you are now planting, Lord God, you know, this vision inside of their hearts this morning. Lord God, as to where you're calling them to. Lord, you're placing before them, you know, the faces of neighbors or friends, 
Lord God, fellow workers, um, students, teachers, that Lord God, those persons are are prime and ready to hear the gospel, ready, Father God, to respond to the message of Jesus. And so, Lord God, even now as we pray, you are you are instilling, Father God, this 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 unction in your church this morning to go. That they are going to find that as they go and they're obedient and they begin to speak or just open up their homes or their lives to this person or, the, or this people or this group, that Lord God, there is such an eagerness on the other side to come, to hear, and to respond. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord God. You know, I pray this in the first service, and I pray it again that, Lord, covenant will see such an increase of people who are responding to the gospel. They're responding to the love of God that is in his church. They're responding to people who are serving them, hospitable, open to them, doesn't care who you are, don't care where you come from. It, that's not the point. The point is that God loves you. And he wants you to be a part of his family. And so, Lord God, I thank you now, you know, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I pray that. I pray for a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon this church. You guys are about to see something incredible as God begins to move, not just through the selected few that some of us may have that perspective, but he wants to work through you. And so I thank you this morning. Father, I give you honor and I give you praise. And we bless you now. In your sons, then we pray. And the church says, Amen. Amen.